Welcome back to the Pilgrims Podcast. My name is Archie and joining me this week is Tom Kirk and Chris Allen. Okay, before we get underway with the pod, gentlemen, give me one thing you like about our wonderful sponsors, Swaz. Chris. Their inflation-busting delivery prices. Delivery within the UK is two ninety nine. Cost that try to send and... a card. <laughs> try and top that, Alex. I really like. I like how there's so many different templates and options you can build your own kit from. I know one thing that annoys you, Archie, and annoys me as well, especially down in like League One and League Two, when you just see versions of exactly the same Puma kit in different colours. And I think you could have a whole whole division of teams could buy all their all buy their kit from swaz and they'd all be able to have a completely original and unique design on which i, I like it's fun to play around with their little kit builder here here mark yeah i love some of the team names bruschetta dortmund oh that's a real person at highlight who we got as well man v fat bolton i'd love to wear that kit i think it would come in useful and uh, not Thin Man Forest, not Thin Man Forest. So these are all exclusive kits made for these fine clubs all over England. Uh, support your local company. Yeah, yeah. There's plenty of uh, info in the pod description, along with an exclusive discount offer. Anyway, on to the pod. <laughs> Hello, guys. Welcome back. A uh, frustrating couple of games, right, since we last met? Yeah, depending on your... Well, is it what, in terms of points gained? Certainly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't think that tells the whole story. No. Personally, no, it's a lot, to, a lot to get into, right? Chris, a 2-2, then the 2-0 yesterday at Leeds. Um, yeah, where to start? Perhaps, Chris, the lineup announcement caused a bit of a stir, didn't it, amongst us and the fan base? A bit of rotation. What did you make of it? <clears throat> well, we had one in the midfield that couldn't play, right? Because it was against his parent club. Mm-hmm. We had another one in the midfield that couldn't play because he sort of seemed to revert its type and <laughs> played a game and a half, and now he's going to be out forever. Um, other than that, the big one was the striker, and I just seemed to me like we're playing so many games, we need to give somebody a rest. I didn't really see it as a huge tactical upheaval, more than a keep as many people fresh for what on paper are the more winnable games. It feels like the 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 we the fan will go 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 a lot of games coming up. You know, and we're very aware of the jeopardy of playing lots of games and burnout. But as soon as the manager tries to address that by not putting the best team out, we we assume he doesn't want to win the game. Oh my god, he's throwing the game. This is three points. Um, can't really win. It's not like if you compare that to the Bristol City game, which happened under the previous regime, which I still to this day, I mean, that's aged. That ages badly. That decision with every week that goes. Um, but. You're going to have to rotate some players at some point, right? Because they'll burn out and they'll get injured and we'll go, why didn't you do it? And then, and you've got the choice, haven't you? You've got the choice of do you do it um, 
against a lesser team, so it's a lesser impact, or do you give yourself a better chance of winning the more winnable game? Uh, did we mm. see this at Leicester away? We did, really, didn't we? We kind of semi-sacrificed our prospects against Leicester away to do better against QPR at home. You've got to, you've got to do it. I'm not saying Foster doesn't want to win the game. Of course he wants to win the game, doesn't he? But uh, on the basis you make any changes for legs whatsoever, you've got to choose when you do it. Seems to make sense to yeah. me. Yeah, I mean, Chris kind of touched on it. In reality, it's only Plagothuelo and Wayne who are the two where rotation plays a part. However, anyone that tuned into the post-match press conference will will know that it was it came down to a sports science decision. Um, that's what Foster quoted regarding the changes there. So I, I personally really don't really really don't see the drama and yeah, Flegothwello. To be honest, it's good to see him have some minutes of anything because he's had a tricky time of it, Tom, hasn't he? In, in his whole Argyle career thus far, it's been stop start. So I, I was personally happy to see him get some minutes, although the back three did struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've always wanted to work out for Ple- Plegothuelo. I mean, coming from one of Eredivisie's top sides, I, I, I believe he was offered a contract to stay. Mm. I think I said a few times on the pod that um, Dan Scar doesn't go to Twente, does he? So, like, he must be good. Um, it's not. It's been a frustrating start to his Argyle career. Um, when the new manager comes in, that pretty much coincides with Ashley Phillips's arrival. Ashley Phillips looks an incredible talent. He's 18 years old, um, like a duck to water with championship football. That boy will play for England if he continues on that trajectory. Um, and that's in Pleggy's position. And I would say we've done well from installing some stability in a back three that are playing more often together. I think that's clearly in Fozzie's thinking. And that three appeared to be Galloway and Phillips. And then he's put Gibson in the middle to kind of do Scar's job on the basis that, you know, I don't think he thinks Scar's got the facilities to play at this level. That's what it looks like to me. Um, and that means Pluggy doesn't play. Um, Galloway has been in superb form, arguably undroppable, but he does have biscuit leg, or has had a history of biscuit leg, as is similar to Forshaw, like Chris was saying. So the rest made sense. Pleggy comes in, takes up that right centre-back position, puts Phillips, 18 years old, into the middle, and Gibson out on the left, um, which is where Galloway normally does his and Miller's job for him. Um, and that reshuffle um, seemed to throw confusion and uncertainty and a lack of confidence and anxiety, Archie, all those things I saw in that first sort of 20 minutes with that backline reshuffle for me. Yeah, again, going back to what Foster said, he uh, Phillips was complaining of muscle soreness, so fatigue, uh, and he was therefore put in the middle as Foster went on to describe that players that play in the middle of the back three do essentially less running. So it was slightly tactical, but also... Um, yeah, look, trying to look after him a bit, Foster said. That first goal, a bit of a mess, wasn't it? Albeit Phillips wasn't um, wasn't to blame. Gibson and Miller. Chris, what are your thoughts on it? It was a bit of a hoof ball, wasn't it? It was ping-ponging around, hoofed up, and somehow it then found its way into the back of the net. You're asking me to tactically break down what happened? You can break it down in any way you want. What are, what are your thoughts I, on it? I just thought... But it's in fairness, it was a high quality piece of play by then. That's been overlooked. He had to bring that ball down and put that away in basically two touches. So I get there's a lot of focus on what we did wrong, but there's a lot 
I'm going to keep coming back to throughout that game is the quality of the team that we were playing. So yes, yeah. it was not great. It, it, it was an unusual goal. It was sort of another theme I'll keep coming back to. Unfortunately, I know two Leeds fans extremely well. well I hope I never see them again, frankly, after the last month. Um, but that was their comment. It was like, that's a bit weird. What happened there? And that's how it yeah. felt. It was sort of, yeah. you could normally unpick a goal, but it was sort of, it's a very unusual amount of space he had, the distance it travelled, should the goalkeeper have come. The whole thing just felt like it was the kind of twilight zone. Yeah, Tom, I felt that his touch was almost uh, fortuitous, wasn't it? It was quite a heavy touch, but it, it then took Gibson completely out of out of the play, if you like. Turned him, <laughs> inside, turned him inside out. And I'm not quite sure that heavy touch is what he intended, but it opened up then that chance to shoot yeah, and score. Yeah, bird camp vibes uh, from yeah. all those years ago. Um, but the, the improvisation was good. I think that there's two points here, Chris, is saying that we're, we played a good team yesterday. And if everybody had an eight or nine out of 10 for Leeds, we weren't going to win the game. That's That's inevitable with the um, facilities they have, the budget they have, the players they have. Um, we can only do what we can do. Um, my gut feel with that goal was we didn't ensure against it. I'll come back to you in a minute, Archie, because I, I don't know what whether Foster's spoken... Actually, let's do it now. What Was Foster spoken publicly about that goal? Just for background, for everyone listening, anybody who does a podcast, the downside of having Ian Foster, a very intelligent, transparent manager, or head coach, rather, is... Um, he, he pretty much does all the talking his post-match and analyzes it so like, sort of morons like us don't have to do it. But um... he, Yeah, he's essentially, he said similar stuff to the Coventry, mistakes were made, it wasn't dealt with. That Acknowledged that mis- a mistake was made but didn't single out any players, which mm. probably seems the right way to go about it. Essentially, we're looking at a breakdown of communication between Gibson and Miller. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to... I'm trying to work at the, the these things can all coexist, right? Chris is keen to point out that we played Leeds four times. They're incredibly good. They're Premier League quality side, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I get that. And in football, there's a lot of randomness. There's a lot of good fortune. The goal against Coventry was, you know, pretty nonsensical. You can look at the foul or how the free kick was lined up, but you talk about mitigation. So the goal that we led in against Coventry, everybody's very quick to blame Mumba for the foul or blame the lack of wall, but the, the, sequence of events that led to that going in the goal was ridiculous. I mean, the guy mm. was so late in making his contact kitchen, this is for Coventry, so late making his contact to to try and turn the ball in the net, He he he's late and deflects the clearance in. Ridiculous. Mm. You do that again 50 times, that doesn't happen. But when we look at Miller and Gibson, who stock is everybody's, uh, who stock is high with everybody at the moment, um, we say, well, yeah, there was a load of good fortune, but Leeds are very good. I saw a ball hoofed up in the air. I saw one of their more attacking um, Cavalier players gambling on a position of space and capitalizing it. Now, all you can do is mitigate that, right? You can't you can't defend and prevent every eventuality of where the ball pimples. You can only mitigate. Having Miller on the left wing at that particular moment in time doesn't look right. Now, I can't pinpoint whether that's because Gibson's meant to be covering Nonto. Because if you watch Argo in this system that Foster plays, when the play's down one side, it's not uncommon for the other wing back to be the spare man to try and create an overload on the attack. That is deliberate. But that's 
that that gap was clearly too much. That was clearly not mitigating the risk of conceding a goal enough. And they had a lot of space. He could have built a house um, in the time and space that he had, Nonto. Um, and, he, and he fluffed it. Like you said, he still had the time to kind of improvise. So I, I don't know where that is, Archie. Uh, so Foster's not called it out. I can't say. Miller's the one that's out of position, but has Gibson, is Gibson, does he think Gibson's got um, Nonto? Is Miller meant to be making that decision because he's got a better view of it? I don't know. And the other person, by the way, to throw into that equation is the goalkeeper, who seems very, very reluctant to come off his line at the minute. Last couple of games, Connor has it. Don't know. But, um, Chris, I accept the other side are a good team, but I think any team scores that goal against us. It's It was just freaky. It was freaky. It, like, it doesn't look like many goals that you see scored at any level. Um, but to come back to the uh, my Leeds morons and and you know, an ongoing exchange during the game yesterday and your point around rotation. I think this underpins the game. And they're, they're bright, right? These are not idiots. But when we were talking about the rotation, and they follow a bit of us. And it's like, you know, why do you, if Hardy's not playing, why is the other one playing? And my answer was, because we're not leads. Like, it really helps. They were sort of like, why haven't you brought in, like, your fourth choice striker that you got for 20 million a couple of weeks ago. And I'm going to keep coming back to that. Like it's quite nice in some ways to have that direct interaction, that, especially during the second half, like we're not doing too bad here in the context of the gulf between the two teams. Yeah. Now let's talk about the second half. I'm always slightly wary to praise a team who are playing well, one nil down because it leads felt in reasonable control. Having said that, Tom, Second half, especially at first 20, well, until the goal, really, I thought we looked good. Yeah, really good. From the kickoff, I would say, um, of the second half, right up until mm, a few minutes before their second goal, I think they kind of seized the momentum. I don't know what that was, whether there was a change or whatever, but very good. And uh, that happened against Coventry, happened against Cardiff as well. Big improvement immediately from half time. Um, I have no inside information, Archie, but that appear- I would say that's a mentality thing rather mm. than instructions. To, maybe one of them was based on a tactical adjustment, but that seems to that, that again small data set. But that's three out of is that three out of three home games for Foster where that's happened? But I think it is, isn't it? Um, yeah, just to, just to jump in there, Foster. The only thing he did say regarding that he actually said the changes in the first half. And he felt we were too passive in the first 20 minutes and too respectful to the opposition and standing off and all those normal cliches. So he did address that. And he obviously did see that, Tom, what you saw. Mm, yeah, he's, he's possibly right. There was a change. I mean, the first 20, 25 minutes was, you know, we weren't competing at all. We barely we barely touched the ball or put two passes together. It got a bit better, but the 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 real improvements that second half, I think we had over 50% of possession for that first, for that third quarter, if you like. Yeah. So it could be done. Um, sometimes you've got to punch your opponent on the nose to rattle them. I think Leeds weren't at their best yesterday. I, I would say, is that the their most vulnerable that I've seen them when we played them? Mm, yes, that particular moment. I know we did well in the second half away at theirs in the cup. Cup's difficult because everybody changed their players around. So, you know, it, it's which, mm. which league, like Chris says, they can afford four teams. So we probably played all four of them. Um yeah, it was it was impressive, and that's and that's good. We've got to give some credit to going toe to toe with what's effectively a Premier League quality side. Um, 
both of these things can exist. I don't want to be too binary, but I thought the first 20 minutes was, you know, largely unacceptable. You, 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 you can't really applaud not being in the game at all. Um, mm. And I don't think it was because Leeds were th- that great. I thought that was more on us. And I felt that was demonstrated by the fact when we po- posed them some questions, and it swung the other way, where I thought we gave a better account of ourselves than anybody um, could have expected. Yeah, football about sort of randomness and mentality and show me a footballer that's not a confidence player. But I felt we had a big soup yesterday, Archie, of everything, probably better than we could expected and probably lower than expected. Yeah, Chris, Tom's quite right. There was a huge momentum shift. Just looking at the momentum chart online, at first or the first half or two thirds of the second half, it's nearly all us. And it does shift just before they score. There was one moment where you thought we were bound to uh, get on the score sheet and it was a lovely team move with, I think it started with Sorinola and it, we quickly progressed the ball up the pitch and Mikel Miller put in a delightful, delightful ball, which was actually similar in the sense to that Coventry ball, which led to the free kick and equaliser, that it took out nearly the whole line of defence, a fantastic pass by Miller. And Ben Wayne said in his interview after the game that he got something on it, obviously not enough. Nearly, nearly, Chris. Yeah, and that's the fine margins. All I can think of is cliches, Clive. Um, Mm. But yeah, we we had a 20 minute spell where a combination of us Hassling them and us finding our feet. And that move was the perfect example of it. You know, if he did connect with that, you'd say it would have been one of the goals of the season, I think. Yeah. Everything about yeah, it was great. Yeah. If you include the quality of the opposition and how we played it, and that's how close we were yesterday. And I don't think mm. that's anything to be ashamed of. And it's over the course of four games as well. You know, if, Bad enough playing them twice, <laughs> but playing them four times, the sum total of it to me is that the quality that they have over time tends to win out. But what we need to do in that against other teams like that is if you do get those half chances, they need to go your way. Yesterday, yeah. just no. you're quite right, Chris. It, if it had gone in and not a lot needed to change for it to go in, it would have been celebrated for weeks really because it was a hell of a team move and that I go back to that cross from Miller and we'll go on to Miller in a sec it's such a good ball such a good pass um I'm just looking at a website that I use uh, occasionally to to grab some data as far as I can see Miller that cross from Miller is that good that won him the man of the match performance I was in the ground and I can hear a lot of praise for Miller I I'm on social media I can see a lot of praise for Miller it's a really really good ball Wayne should do better. I mean, it's not; it's still not as good as a penalty kick's worth of opportunity, so can't be too harsh on him, although I would say Ben Wayne is very much in arrears of, for the opportunities that he's had. So, you know, I hope it clicks for him soon. He did otherwise quite well yesterday, but he's certainly in arrears um, in terms of expectations. Um, I didn't see Miller do much else positive, and I can see that I'm in the minority here. Um, that's not to say he played badly, Miller, but he won the Man of the Match award yesterday, both on line with the fans and the sponsors Man of the Match, despite being at, arguably at fault for the only two goals in a game. I don't think I've ever seen that. I don't think I've ever seen that where we've lost 2-0 and the person who is the common denominator in the two goals in a 2-0 defeat has won Man of the Match. I really need somebody 
who knows football to explain to me how he's getting those plaudits. Because and I'm looking for I'm looking for data on it. I, I'll just apologies for delay, but I'll just read some at you. Um, Jules won three. Jules lost seven. Ground jewels won thirty eight percent. Aerial jewels won none zero percent. Uh, yeah, but a, which but, but, but a, but a point but a point seven three xg assist. Yeah, in lieu of having someone who uh, knows what they're talking about, which is what you requested, <laughs> what he does. And I think it depends on how you view football. And this is nothing wrong with this. Is he creates a lot of ooh? Ah, yeah. <laughs> he does. You know, there, if I look at yesterday, there was a tackle in the first half that was six inches away from being ascending off, but was actually a fantastic yeah. challenge. <laughs> right, the one and, from the on the counter attack from the corner. Yeah, yeah. And yep. there was a cross that was six inches away from being the equalising goal. There is something to be said that he creates big moments in games. That, that yeah. would be a counter-argument. And, and he's quite easy on the eye. He's also lightning quick, mm-hmm. which is something, I don't know how to describe this. It sounds really patronising, but there's something quite good about watching charging past someone. Yeah. he Even if they don't do very- a lot with it. So... I think he's very. Yeah, but... yeah I don't so think he's, he good, plays he's good. He's good PR, is what we're saying. So it, it's it's he he's very good. No, at I'm, breaking saying, down, I'm not saying that. Breaking actually. down the left wing and putting it across. I don't deny that, and and that led to a goal uh, against Coventry. But he's he's playing wing back. Yeah, but I think it's my point is there's two ways of watching football. One is to to, to go to a, a, a series of websites after the game and. <laughs> get an informed analysis across multiple statistics to how somebody played. And the other is to say, I just watched the flow of that yesterday. And which is what big moments that came in that game, he was involved in. Which is what the men of the match or the sponsors will be doing. They will not be consulting these data sites (laughs) in the moment. They're consulting their third pint and making a judgment. You know what I mean? I feel like like I've got an addiction and Chris has just intervened. It was yeah. It was a big moment uh, that happened just there, Chris. <laughs> just kind of sat down and thought, "What am I doing?" Because, <laughs> uh, all right, turning our attention back to the game. Like we said, it was looking good. A really, really good spell for our goal. Unfortunately, it didn't result in a goal. And Tom, Chris did the first goal. You can do the second. Another fairly sloppy goal, wasn't it? To make it two nil to Leeds. Oh, um, I've watched it again, and I'm giving balance like Chris is. Chris will remind me to do that. Leeds are very good. Leeds press the ball very well. Randall has the ball, and he's um, from where I rewatched the highlight. Randall's in traffic, and Miller's he's staring at Miller, and there's nobody coming in and support. Um, and then Randall gives him the ball. So I kind of just thought, well, what could Randall do there? I mean, Randall had limited options. He could try and turn a man, but I mean that's. He's played very, you know, Randall's been great last couple of games, but, you know, he's not sort of turned into a turn on a sixpence kind of player, although I have seen him, you know, do that occasionally, depending on the opposition. Um, he gives him like a one-two, doesn't he? He gives it to Miller and, and then he, he his way out of it, he gives Miller the ball and he gives himself quite a bit of space. It's not saying that Miller's got a very easy job there, but Miller's, you know, offers nothing at that moment in time, does he? He just sort of gambles on something that's never in a month of Sunday is going to work. 
Um, and we just kind of collapsed from there on in. I'm disappointed in Plegathuello. Um, it's his man that gets away. He covers up some ground, but his efforts to kind of cover it are pretty meek, if I'm being honest. Um, Ash Phillips, who's leggy, un- understand from your comment there, is sort of backing off, um, you know, doing a bit of a job, but not really um, stamping out the problem because essentially it's what once Ruta's got close enough to goal, we're going to have a problem. Um, and he hits it right at the goalkeeper who um, had a poor game yesterday. Um, mm. I'm, not, I'm not sort of. Uh, I've not been one who's been anti-hazard at all, really, at any point. But his last couple of games have been really disappointing. Um, nobody covered themselves in a lot of glory there, Archie. But um, you know, no, but whilst not being totally responsible uh, as an individual, yeah, there's a lot of backing off by Ash Phillips, which seems to be a slight reoccurring theme. Um, and he was in that central position yesterday, like we said, Tom. Would you any any blame? No, him. well, I mean, other than you know, he's he's eighteen years old. I mean, I'm amazed he's as good as he is, Archie. I mean, we're lucky to have him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's obviously not perfect. Um, <clears throat> so yeah. uh, you know, if that's where he's a little bit weaker, I'm sure he'll, he's got plenty of time between his eighteen, his nineteenth and twenty first birthday to get a lot mm-hmm. better at that. And I'm sure he will. Um, I mean, that won't be with us, crucially, though, will it? Well, I don't know. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to blame an 18-year-old who's come in and shown a lot of our season pros how to play football. No, but it's, I think it's a point to the loan system. You, we benefit from it largely, but at the end of the day, we're developing someone else's player and we won't really see the fruits of those labours, you know? Which is possibly a wider discussion for later, which is why I'd like to see Randall starting more than at JB. JB's done fantastic, but I'd like to see Adam have as many championship minutes as possible because we're, we're going to benefit from that. And he's played, I think, let's go into it. I think he had another fantastic game yesterday, Randall. Best player on the, well, best, I was going to say best player on the pitch. He was certainly our best player. Best player in green. Um, best player in green. And it's, there's so many Tom. paradoxes, aren't there? Because he does seem to benefit from playing repeatedly. But at the same time, you can understand mm. if somebody else moves out. I feel the same for play good play though you know if you come in for one game you're still kind of warming up aren't you so there is that always that tension between rotation and exhaustion and actually Randall looked really solid like he looked like he was in control of that midfield yesterday it was up to him to decide what to do which I think is harder to do if you're just coming in yeah really good point about playing back to back first time he's done so since New Year's Day and the 29th of December so it's been a while since he's had a run in, run in the team Tom well and that was probably because we'd lost sort of Kundal or Azaz is it um, no, I might be wrong there that might have happened just before there, there, there was a time where Houghton and Randall had to be picked right because we hadn't replaced yeah. the players um, you know JB's been unavailable <laughs> three joins on loan and is eligible for three matches is quite impressive I must say yeah. um, uh, yeah, he's been he's been great, and he's given a very good account of himself. He he, I think he changed the game against Coventry. Um, the tenacity, not giving up. Um, his he wears his heart on his sleeve. His character, his good characteristics are evident, are tangible when he plays. Um, he's one of our own. I like seeing our own players do really well. I, I've got a strategically right. We need to have a bias towards our own players. There's an argument like if you've got a player that's two percent worse than a lone player you should play him I, I know you'd never quantify it in that point Archie would you but mm. you, you've got it's not 
just about the result on the day, other than you know if you're in a relegation six point or it's the last day of the season or something. We do need to develop our own players. We could loan more players, could we? I think we've got another loan spot available. But like you yeah. say, you, you develop other people's players for for free for them, or you gain them two million pounds in six months, like Aston we did for Aston Villa. Um, that's not sustainable. But again, I appreciate if they're going to give you a substantial uplift in your outcome on the day, then you can't not pick him. You know, Ash Phillips has to play, even though we're developing mm. Tottenham's player because he's too good to not play. Yep. Someone we are developing, and he is one, well, he's not one of our own in terms of Plymouth born and bred, but he's a permanent transfer, free transfer, in fact, Matthew Sorinola, Chris. He has been impressive thus far, and especially impressive considering he's played little to no football in the last half of last year. Yeah, very impressive. I mean, he'll never, he, he had a really good start from when he was jumping around in front of the Denport end, but he didn't even get on the pitch, right? But that seems to flow through into his game. Yeah. He, he seems to really want to be there and want to prove a point. And yeah, I think, but you run that across the team. I know boring and we played Leeds four times and we keep coming back to it, but how many people who were on that pitch yesterday did we actually pay for in any way, shape or form? Yeah. Combinations like Whitaker, Hazard was like, cost a little bit. But other than that, the sum total of that team is either low knees or free transfers. I mean, it is, it's a miracle when you look at it that way. Yeah. Tom Sorinola actually is, I'm just going off um, a website here. He hasn't played or started a game, in fact, since March the 11th against Middlesbrough until he signed for us, which is quite some time, isn't it? But he, he looks like a fantastic signing. For free, for sure. Uh, he's got pedigree, hasn't he? Um, you know, so you've seen it through his career. He's been, He's one of those players who, you know, uh, clubs have had some faith in at, at youth level, thinks he's got something and it's never quite worked out, I would say. Certainly his move to Europe doesn't appear to have worked out and he's lost a lot of minutes from that decision, I would say. Um, so, yeah, Rusty, but you wouldn't you wouldn't say it, would you? I think he had a bit of cramp in the Leeds game in like the 107th minute or whatever. Um, but, yeah, his, um, his energy is quite infectious. Um, he started that move, the one that nearly led to the goal, which, like you say, mm. Archie, was um, a, a lot of sort of mildly good to average play yesterday. That move was superb. Mm. Probably Premier League quality move, if we're being honest. And he started that. And I, he's pretty he's pretty level with Wayne about the point the cross comes in, isn't it? There is a world where he gets the touch on that and um, yeah. scores a goal. We're having a very different podcast today. Mm. Um, yeah, I um, I like him. And that's testament to the work the club's doing, isn't it? Because he was brought in in pretty, um, wouldn't say what what circumstances I'm saying. Emergency probably is yeah. overplaying the crisis, but it, it, it wasn't planned, was it? As far as I know, Kane Castle Hayden was meant to be here for the season, and they go and get him very quickly. Um, so you know, props to the club for having that lined up, the suitability of him. And uh, and to him himself to 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 take that opportunity, having not had a huge amount of football, like you said, and he's given a good account for himself. No no hesitations about playing him for the rest of the season. No, I think it's I think it's actually incredible how well he's done, considering he hasn't played at all for about seven months or so. That's a, a real achievement, a real achievement. And like you say, right to the club as well to having that plan B, if you like, to kick in almost instantaneously when KKH was. Called called back very very suddenly. 
and I think more like to the club, we need to keep coming back to that. Like it's we are developing players, we are signing free signings and very low budget players in the hope of developing them. That it's work it's working more than it's not. And yeah, what was it? 300, 350 grand for Ben Wayne. I'm not saying anything other than the fact that's probably what five, ten percent at most of the benchmark price of a championship striker. You know, mm. Most teams will spend five or six million on a striker, right? Mm. And I think you need to remember that as well in analyzing his performance. I don't think it's it's not his fault that he's and we're developing a player it seems like the whole world has a lot of faith in. Yeah. Well, not, not Swansea fans. They didn't rate him at all. And then he obviously had a terrible time in Belgium. So another rough diamond, if you like. But he's, yeah, he's done well. And that's it's great, great to see. Speaking of Swansea, Morgan Whitaker, he fired a blank yesterday. However, in the last 14 games, he's got 14 goal contributions. Chris, a lot of people kind of hang our hopes on him saying, you know, if he's marked out the game, then we're done for. What do you think about that? I think, yeah, I think he came up against a team that is much better in defence than most others. So a lot of things that he tried that normally worked didn't work. And he's marked out the game. I mean, it was every now and then he'd try and beat somebody and he got tackled. He did put a wonderful ball through to divide. Mm. But if he'd have caught that in his stride would have been there's your match changing moment. But yeah, he's been quiet against the really big teams, but that's probably because they're just a lot better than the really bad teams and they keep him quiet. Tom? It's a non-argument for me, Archie. Um, Mm -hmm. We were talking earlier about how much weight we put on the decisions of the previous manager, the interim manager, the current manager. Yeah, Morgan played every minute yesterday. Everybody else has been subject to some kind of rotation. Yeah, and he's not because, what, he's rubbish? I mean, because he doesn't do anything but score goals? I mean, come on. We had one shot on target yesterday. That was him. Um, he was obviously left on because he could change a game where he's what he, where he's good to us, where he allows us to compete. We're going to be against a team like Leeds. We're not as good as them in every position on the pitch, arguably bar one. Um, and that's where we are. Yeah, so we are a little bit reliant on him. But, I mean, I can't. you can't put that on him. We had somebody told me in the first twenty minutes yesterday we had like five percent possession. You know, you got to touch the ball. You know, mm. and then and then you've got uh, Joel. Uh, is it Piero? Mm. Piero who, who came from Swansea, but they paid fifteen million for him. I've seen him that Piero a lot of times. He's a good player. Don't get me wrong. I'd obviously love him in our team. Um, and he's one of those players that not does the ugly stuff because he's a forward, but it's a lot of link up play and stuff. But, um. You know, then he's not. He's not fifteen times better than Morgan. Morgan's got the ability to win games. There's going to be times where we're so under the cosh we can barely get him the ball. And what we're relying him to do is Morgan on the. You know, if you get one, two, three, four, five touches, can you score us a goal? That's not, we can't have that expectation of him. We need to adulate him if he manages to do it. And if he doesn't, you know, it's just a reminder that he's mortal. Um, what I would say is anybody who thinks that we're, you know, look at him when he when he's not in the game. Think of if he didn't play yesterday, how much different would it have been? Arguably not much. But then imagine that 15 million quid in the bank. I think I said that on the pod a few weeks ago. I just only see positives of this. The, the less, rel- 
if he's ineffectual in games, I just think of the money. And if he's effectual in games, I'm just grateful to have him. I can't yep. see a negative twist. Anybody who's twisting that as negative, Arch, I mean, just needs to go and watch another sport. I do come back to Chris at the point about saying what I'm watching football for. And if you turn up at Argyle to win having Morgan Whitaker on the pitch, I mean, grow up. <laughs> He's had a really tough run in terms of the minutes. Just look at his last five. That's nine, 89 minutes against Swansea and he scored, of course. Then a midweek, 120 minutes. Then the following Saturday, 90. Then another midweek, 89 with a goal. And then yesterday, 90 minutes. It's relentless for him. And I'm surprised he hasn't had a bit of a break, to be honest. But it does add fuel to your fire, Tom, that he's he's a centrepiece, isn't he? We we clearly depend on him. Yeah, and, it, and it's not sustainable, and it probably points to why he'll be sold um, at some point. Don't know when that is, to what club, for what money, and whether he, you know, whether it's a bit early or we wait, he waits for an offer that he really, really wants. But you know, clearly, yesterday we would have been better with five two or three million pound players on the pitch than Morgan. That's not a dig at Morgan. That's just, mm. that's the, that's the, that's the science of it, right? Leeds were the favorites for the game and won the game because they were better equipped in at least 10 of the 11 battles. No. All right. I think it's time for a break. We won't ever speak about Leeds again. Sure. They're probably <laughs> going up. We're sick of the sight of them already. Time for a break and back in a bit. Okay, and welcome back to part two. Now, just like any defeat, there's often a meltdown which proceeds, and yesterday was no different. People sl- turning ever so slightly on Ian Foster, Chris, complaining about the playing style. It's not what it was under Schumacher, not as entertaining, boring, not what we promised, la di la di la What do you think about that? Uh, which, which Schumacher are we talking about? Like the one that got us promoted or the one that lost all one at Bristol City, lost at home to Millwall and Swansea. Mm. Yeah, and by the way, and, and who had Finazaz in his armory throughout. I won't repeat your list yesterday from Archie, but it was fantastic. Like a page of WhatsApp on what Foster's had to deal with. And maybe we should repeat it, right? You know. Yeah, go for it. Eight, eight out. I'm not going to read it out, but let me try and remember them. Eight out, seven in. Completely mm. new squad. A game every three or four days. Leeds twice, three times three in times, that period, times. and and we yep. need to, and this needs to roll forward. The it's funny if you look at the fixtures that everyone has this run of games that's around us. I think QPR have it in March where they have almost the same fixture list. What what are people wanting to see other than I want us to win every week, which seems illogical. He's doing the sensible stuff. Yeah. In my opinion. I, right? yeah. And, and even if he wasn't, it'd be too early to to judge. He hasn't lost six from his last eight, has he? Like yeah. someone. Yeah, Tom, I he does really we often we quote it every week now, don't we, his press conferences, but he does a very good job of highlighting difficulties or slight negative aspects in a mature and cool manner. You know? You don't have the feeling that he's Chucking his toys out the pram, but he just calmly states it. And he has stated very often that it's been a challenging start to his job at Argyle. No fault through the club, but the transfers, it was an unprecedented January. The amount of games, he's, he's a one-man band. He's come in by himself, out of choice. He hasn't brought in anyone, but that's another job, assessing what he's got around him. And he stated that. He went into specifics about that yesterday. 
that's a huge job to see what you've got to work with. And he's got a, he's coming to a fantastic setup. Don't get me wrong, but it's a job you know, to get to learn all these people that you've then got to lead. I it really boils my blood to be honest that people are complaining about it and that the club have been on record for saying that games like the Watford three three were unsustainable and it couldn't go on. So he's he's come in and give, been given the very clear task. He has to maintain the attacking threat, but shore us up at the back and steer us away from the relegation battle that we were in when he took over and arguably still are. Mm. Spoiler alert for Simon Hallett part two there about being on the record. Mm-hmm. That's, still, that's still to come. We know that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's again, it's a, it's a non-argument. Um, it's hard to say the fans, isn't it? Because again, it's re- do you know what's really hard to gauge in the modern era is what is a proportionate um, representation because... If I see twelve tweets with replies going "Yeah, mate," or or I go on to free chat and those people are piling on, I assume that's a majority. It's more than I would like, but I think you're coming back to a point, Archie. We, we, I don't know what's happened. It's well, we're, we've become spoiled kids, and we I haven't, you haven't, Chris hasn't. But this is this is like why you don't spoil your kids, right? It's because they, once they've had a taste of sugar, they want some more. We've had the most wins. Of any club in the last four years in the football league or something, we've got used to winning, and we've gained new fans. Some of them young fans, and you know they're they're, they're not mature enough to handle this. They're, they're Plymouth Argyle, right? Okay, they're used to winning. That's their experience of it. And maybe newer fans who are used to winning won't don't don't like us when we don't win and show their true colours that way. I mean, that's how it feels. It just feels there's always an excuse if things don't go wrong. It's always a crisis. Um, and we, that doesn't mean yeah. that we can't come on a podcast and point out what's wrong. I'm, I'm happy to point out where people did wrong yesterday and um, and against Coventry. But that's going to happen, right? We're going to yeah. have a roller coaster of, of imperfection. Um, this idea we turn up with the lowest budget, give our best without fail, and beat every team is, is nonsense. Um, yeah, look, Foster has had a lot to deal with. I think it, what's important about that point is it's it's what he's competing against with. You know, if 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 he if he um, if he had Man City's team and he'd just been parachuted in, that's different, all right. But he's already up against the odds. He's got a lesser squad. He had the worst defense in the division, by the way. Um, I'd really like to do a sample of fans who are complaining about the style who also complained about not winning away from home under Schumacher. <laughs> I think if you both of those points, your your opinion is invalid. I'm afraid. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. If, if if you're a if you've if you if you're a fan of that style of football, um, and you don't care about the results, then you know I think you're gonna have to brace yourself for six months because, on the basis that you know Ian Foster has been hired on the basis that he's gonna have to conform to our five year uh, mission, which he requires attacking football. So it will come, but he wants to be in this division, right? Everybody wants to be in this division. So yeah. um, we're almost judging him for that sort of the arrears of. Of the previous manager, he walked in with a team that, let's be honest, did not defend. We we can point to our 101 points last year or whatever, but the team in this championship did not prioritise defensive work on the ground. It was almost non-existent. Um, so you can't put you can't put all that on him. If I'm going to go in and I've got to try and shore up a defence and win a game away from home, what are my quick wins? You know, I don't need to improve the attack. The attack's fine. I need to shore up the defense. Okay, let's say he's overcooked it. What? That's not a crime, is it? And Uh, he's had a lot of, he's had a, not a lot, the complete opposite. In fact, very little time on the grass. 
the yeah. schedule has been so intense, Chris, that he's had very little time to implement his stuff. And you know, Randall re- uh, referred to it as well that there's a lot of in- a lot of uh, meetings, but not a lot of time on the pitch training. Those. Well, and a lot of the, especially for once we got going at the start of the season, so much of that came through as as. You know, there's one thing to have an attacking style. There's another thing to have a flair player that was creating and scoring crazy chances who's no longer here. Like It's not just about the managerial style. It's about the assets that you do or do not have on the field. Yeah, I found, no. I found it more... I found yesterday quite galling after the game. To your point, Tom, you know, maybe I am. I keep talking about it, but maybe I just need to come off social media. Maybe now's the time. Because I find myself guilty of what I criticise, which is getting angry with random people that I've never met. Which is, and they're just angry people getting angry with the opinion that they've got, and somebody else is getting angry with them. It's like I'm not sure I really need this in my life. Yeah, I think Tom makes a good point that we've had that incredible run of being almost. I think we were the record holders, right, over four years in the EFL or even the whole English system. We were. I I guess the Ipswich will overtake us at some point, but um... yeah. But point point being, we've been spoiled, and then we had the best thing after winning, which was having three three draws every second week at home park. Which, as a fan, you're thinking, "Yeah, I can take this. This is great." Now we don't have that anymore. Like you say, Tom, I think people are having, you know, it's not, yeah, it's, it, people are finding it challenging. So, I find him, he's, he's been the right tonic for me. People just need to be a bit patient. Yeah, um, Rome wasn't built in a day. We were, yeah, having those great games at home, Archie, but I think I pointed out to you guys, we have had, our fixture list this season is very much weighted that the lower half teams at home come first, and then we have mm. the home games against the top half second, and vice versa away from home. And Schumacher wasn't winning away from home. <clears throat> Personally, I was going to the game stressed out. Chris was saying, you know, enjoy it. But I'm seeing three threes thinking that we've got to win this game because our manager is offering us nothing away from home. We've got to try and get all our points in half the games. It's stressful. We go in, Foster comes in, he shows up the defense. We beat Cardiff, who are very average, go to Swansea, get a result. I cannot really, <clears throat> I'm struggling to quantify how good that bit of work, those, that's, was it seven days? was because that's about so that's six points that's about a sixth is it of of our points total so far you know maybe 10 15 percent of the points total we need for the season unbelievable bit of work which allows us now to go into home games we go to coventry i'm really gutted we let in that late goal and yes if anybody's at fault for it they need to be pulled up by the management team for their game management but I'm so much more at ease, guys, that we can go into, we've got loads of games coming up, we can go away and we can possibly win a game. We can compete. And then we're mm. at home and we can have the freedom to enjoy the game, express ourselves, knowing that it's not a cup final. Yeah, not quite the cup final. The previous regime had made home games cup finals. And if you love your Argo, you're going to stress out about it. And it made um, your, your away days, you know, just uh, pub crawls, pub crawls and 90 minutes, nothing. Um, yep. This is better. For the interim, this is better. Is it what I want to see long-term? No. You know, there's a summer to come, a rebuild. Bearing in mind, look, the, the, the very things we're annoyed at Schumacher for leaving us in the lurch for, yeah? We can't then throw at Foster. Yeah? These, yeah. Are, these are big disadvantages. But top, when you he's, say it's he's not... Got, he's got a free hit, Archie, sorry, on playing style until, um, you know, our status is preserved as far as I'm concerned. When you say it's not what you want to see in the long-term, that would suggest that you see part of the argument then, that it's not totally... 
um, entertaining, or as as entertaining as it was previously. I just don't, it's not relevant at the minute, Archie. Well, I'd see for me, it is entertaining. I want to see attacking, okay. you know, I want to see the club get attacking football. You want to take, you know, I take my kids, Archie, they want to see more goals. Yeah, that's more of a long-term thing. But yeah. this idea that this is hoofball and it's boring to watch is nonsense. We're competitive in games. The Coventry game, the second half, the Coventry game is absolutely fantastic. Probably best we've seen under Foster, right? Yeah. Well, I just, <laughs> it's, it's, it, I'm not, I don't, that say, all right, it was a second half. And it was only two goals. It wasn't a positive result. But you, how much different was it to the the three all? You know, yeah, not a, a bit, think... but not but but not loads. I, I don't buy this idea that this style of football is not entertaining personally. But I think it's a separate argument. I think the idea is we're going to have a we're going to move to a style of football which has more of the ball and creates more chances. That's I yeah. believe that's the instruction he's under, and I look forward to that. But this is, this is, I'm enjoying this more. Chris has been on at me all season, and he's right to do so. That this don't come up for what you know, and even if this is for one season, let's have a let's live in a world where things go really badly. We go down. He's you'll regret not joining it. Chris is making the point to me, and he's right. But I've, it, it's a hard balance when you fear it's going to be taken away from you. I had that yeah. under Schumacher. I have it significantly less now. It's not a, it's not a foregone conclusion. We're staying up, but this is far more enjoyable. And I will go to games, and we're in games. And yes, there's fewer chances, but there's tension, there's excitement, and there's directness. I, I, I'm missing the, I'm missing the bit where people say it's not entertaining. I do want a different style, actually. I do want a more possession attacking based game. I think that's the identity we built up. But this is exciting as hell, right, uh, Chris? Essentially, that's what it is, though, isn't it? People are worried about going down, and after Coventry last gasp equaliser and then losing to Leeds, people start to panic. It's it. It's the same right. sort of random noise when we win. But I think it's I think yeah. more than that, there is a certain amount of just football as a cathartic exercise to bring out demons that <laughs> actually should be pointed in another direction. Um, it's two things to me. Top, one I hadn't thought of until today, and it's a really good point, Tom, is that it was just far easier to play that expansive football when you're playing the lower end of the league at home and maybe we didn't realize it at the time but you're absolutely right maybe we will have a couple of expansive games against some of those lower teams when we play them again so i think that's critical and i still come back to the fact that we've lost one of our most creative players he's so visibly absent not one of our one of the championships most creative players he was huge sorry Stop, stop you in your tracks there. <laughs> uh, but I think pe- I think people are, I think people are concerned about relegation because now you're seeing, you know, West Brom is huge, West Brom is massive. So I think if that's personally, I feel that's what it is that that people are suddenly after two iffy results. People are scared. They're not iffy results. We were twenty seconds away from a win against the team mm-hmm. who were in what fifth or sixth. We we were comfortably beaten, and let's be honest, it could have been more comfortable. I mean, they hit the post in the bar at least twice, maybe three times yesterday. But that is the division we're in. Yeah, but we are competing was... in that division. Like, it, mm. I know that was a bit of a Freudian slip. I didn't mean to jump on you, but there was those results are not horrific. They are. Yeah, I agree. Are. But I, I share your point, Chris, on the basis that now we've proven we can win away from home. If we were still gallivanting like we were under Schumacher, where we were hopeless away from home, they become must win. 
you know, West Brom's not a must win, Archie, but if we'd not got that win at Swansea, I, you know, I don't like the phrase must win um, this early on, but it, it may have been. I, 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 I can say that freely with a sound mind and clear mind now, but mm-hmm. um, the fact that we can, we've got twice as many games to pick up points in, I'm, I'm far more chill about it. Look, we're not, until we're mathematically safe, we are the team with the, with newly promoted team with the smallest budget. We're going to be looking over our shoulder. And I think that's our, our fan base are worried because we've not been here for a while and we don't want to lose it. And we've had a great time. I, that, the anxiety is fine. Mm. But, but, but anger after drop points against top six sides, I mean, come on. Yeah. I, I, personally, I'm still frustrated with the Coventry equaliser. And I think it had, we'd, had we won that game, Foster's been given the keys to the city, you know, suddenly he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And, He's picked up a lot of points in quick succession. And that Leeds game, we're not bothered about it, right? It's fine margins. It's fine margins. You know, the, the, the second goal, the Miller goal, it was, it was an own goal. Somebody credited to Miller. It's the biggest own goal I've seen. You know, I was looking right down the barrel of it. You know, that's that's a deflection. That goes in, the rub of the green there. And it goes against us right at the end. Um, and the fact that there are some errors in and around that goal, be it the wall, be it the foul, be it the free kick that we gave away at the other end, we're we're we've got heightened disappointment because we feel it's in our that's down to our game management. But there's there's a world where they equalise Archie's a complete fluke, and yep. then yep. and then we don't levy the annoyance at it. You know, we just accept that's just that's just how football is. Um, but we get you know, the same point. You're quite right. To um, who was it? Commentary bloke that missed a sitter from one yard out with his <laughs> head. You're quite right. But having said that, you've listed the the. Mistakes leading up to the Coventry equaliser. There's three or four in forty seconds. It's not great. It's not, and that's, and that is a problem for me. And Foster did address it. To be fair to him, he did say, you know, there was clear, clear errors, and that was that was a frustrating thing to see. Like I said, forty seconds, and we've got three or four moments. We're thinking we need to do better, and two huge points dropped, unfortunately, because it was like you say, Tom, a really, really, really good performance, and it would have been a huge win. Mm. Let's Archie get the league, get the league table open. Although knowing you, you can probably recite it. <laughs> <laughs> right. So let's go from the bottom up very quickly. So Rotherham, we beat and we've still got to play. Right. So three points against Rotherham. Sheffield Wednesday, we beat and we've still got to play. QPR, we got a nil nil with ten men. We've still got to play. Who's next? Uh, is it Millwall? Millwall. Yeah, Millwall. There, they're a bit of a anomaly. I think I get what you're trying to illustrate. You get where I'm going. Is yeah, I get, you know, I like, you know, if we if we if we can get three or four points against the bottom half of the league, we will be fine. And to your point, Tom, now that those are away from home, we are more likely to achieve that than we would have been in the first half yeah. of the season. Do you know what? I, do you know what I thought? Um, is it just reminded me of how badly that Millwall Swansea home double home double header at home has aged? Mm-hmm. Because I think I've seen something a, a few tweets on the on, on the positive side yesterday were about how yesterday doesn't define our season. I think that phrase is banded around a bit too much. Um, but results that may define our season is, is that double header. Um, anybody who's complaining about sort of the Foster current setup just needs to go back and look at that double header where we. 
tried to play our game against Millwall and Swansea and got absolutely schooled. And look where they are on the table, mm. and, uh, and 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 what we've learned about how good they are. Those results have aged like milk. Yeah, I just just to be clear, despite my disappointment regarding Coventry, I think we'll be okay. Despite actually being incredibly tight down there, we're now closer to the relegation. Uh, drop the and Archie, previous... this is a this is an upgrade, right? Do you think I did? I, I, I take the take the what you think will happen with the season. We've got Foster, we've got Schumacher. It's a different style, but me, this mm. looks like a technical upgrade. Yeah, my point was going to be actually having looked at it, and the probability is a lot, <laughs> hell of a lot, needs to go against us for us to go down right now. You know, a lot. So I'm quite confident actually that we'll be fine. Uh, despite yeah, and, and where we need to hold our nerve, and again, credit to Tom Kirk, is let's say we don't win in the week. QPR's next game is against Rotherham. Rotherham at home, yeah. We're at Middlesbrough away. But I hate to think what social media might be like if we're within two points of the drop. But we've got a, a phase of games in March. We, we could easily get the points we need in March based on the run of form, what we have. We could easily get nothing in the next two weeks and stay up with the results in March, just based on the teams we're playing and the record we've got against them so far. That's how this. That's why people like the championship. Yeah, it, it's league, you know, independently. It's a it's a competitive yeah. division. You know, you get crazy results like Leicester lost or losing yesterday. They lose in the end. Yeah. Um, which yeah. it felt like they would never do. The ones, right. the ones that are going to, yeah, the ones where we're, we need to be on the edge of our seats are going to be those away games against the teams down the bottom. We got 15 points to get with 14 games left, and I just can't wait to relegate Stoke with three games to play. <laughs> <laughs> Is that points against, total creeping up? We've got it in terms of the aim. Yeah. It's 52 points is what we've been saying on here. And that's what Neil Juicenip has referred to. So that's what I'm sticking to, 52. Some fans on social media, I think, go to 45 or 48. But No, yeah. no, I feel, I feel like you want to clear the 50. I mean, the, the idea is it only takes, basically, if QPR... It, it, it's hard to predict, isn't it? Because there's loads of permutations about what would be the appropriate points. But basically, if the bottom, if six of the bottom eight now have championship winning form for the remainder of the season, not completely mm. unheard of. Um, the bar will be really high and there'll just be a real narrow bit in the middle. We we were the victims of that in League One, were we not, under Derek? Where it mm. was like 50 got you relegated, 60-something got you in the playoffs. I mean, so that could happen. Um, yeah. I'm, looking at, I'm looking at a point again. We, we do a point a game now, Archie, I think, from having picked those uh, points up against Cardiff and Swansea. And obviously, any wins along the way—that's that's that's huge. And I feel that we could win any game now. That's the difference under Foster. If yeah. we've sacrificed something for style, the thought that we could win any game—we could go to Middlesbrough and win under Schumacher. I would have said we had next to no chance. We yeah. could we could do it. No, uh, we could beat West Brom at home. It's possible, and we could be we could still lose to to a three 0 But the 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 breadth of possibility is exciting for me. It'll be interesting to see what the championship version of Sam Allardyce, Gareth Ainsworth does at Stoke to the relegation battle. That could that could spice things up a bit, couldn't it? But we'll see. <laughs> well, we'll see. see. See if that happens. Yeah, I hope not. Hope not. Um, all right. I think that's more than enough for part two. Anything else we'd like to say? No, we're all done. Fantastic. That was a wee break. 
Chris, only based on a very small amount of evidence. If Borshaw comes back and stays fit, I think we're that. That is playoffs. Playoffs. Well, it's coming back to your Miller point. He's the anti-Miller. Players like him are the anti-Miller. Doesn't visibly do a lot, but I think we really, really miss someone of that caliber in our team. Having seen him for a couple of games, hopefully he's back soon. Here, here. Right, back in a bit. You can get on with your quiz. Okay, welcome back to part three. Apologies if you're expecting part two of a Simon Hallett podcast today. It's coming very soon. Monday evening, in fact, British time. We're really excited for you guys to hear it. And thank you ever so much for the kind of feedback we've uh, received from it. I realize 99% of it's directed at Simon himself. And fair enough, he's a, he's a fantastic, fantastic listener and even better chairman. So thank you ever so much for listening and the words and the comments we've received from it. Chris, this week you have something Simon Hallett related regarding the quiz, don't you? Over to you. Let's hope this one's better than the last one we tried to do. (laughs) (laughs) Absolute shambles. Okay. So, if you were privileged to be a child in the 80s, you will remember Mallet's Mallet with Timmy Mallet attacking children with a hammer live on television. If you don't remember it, it's a really simple word association game. I say a word, you have to say a word that follows that word. If it doesn't, you lose. And as a special bonus today, if someone manages to pull a random word back to something relevant to Plymouth Argyle, they immediately win the round. Makes sense? Obviously, it doesn't make sense. I understand the how, the why. I'm a bit lost on, mate, but that's not the that's not the point. <laughs> and we we'll we see. must say a big welcome to uh, Mark Lovell, who only tunes in for the quizzes. You right, Mark? No, absolutely. I'm I'm keen to go. Let's do it. All right. Thank I would you. suggest we keep it as football related as possible. Just you know. Well, no, from the dry run, like Pilgrim's podcast is banned as an answer, as an example, actually. <laughs> Right. Or beaver. Right. beaver. Let's try. Let's try and keep it free flowing and authentic. Right. right. Oh, you know, cup of tea. Inverted pullback is, is not <laughs> the way. Like, just try and release yourself from the pressures of research for four minutes. I Any- love the way, Chris, that you genuinely don't know if that is related or not. <laughs> <laughs> Probably is. Probably is somewhere. Right. Okay. Come on. Let's right, go. Tom. We're going to start with you. You ready? Okay. Yep. So, first round of Hallett's Hallett, Tom Kirk, teabag. <laughs> Funny story about that for off air. Um, coffee. Tea. Oh, tea. Whoa, I don't know about that. What? It's coffee and tea. No, it's I'm not going to say that. was the start. That was the start. That's... Repetition. Well, we'll give you some grace because you're learning. <laughs> so, Mark, tea. Tetley. What was that? Tetley. 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 Oh, who would go with that? Um, lager. Cider. <laughs> what was that? Apples. Oh, apples. Apples. Pears. Oranges. <laughs> you actually could have had inverted fullbacks then on the back of pears. That would have been brilliant. Oranges, Mark. Half time. Oh, good. Good. Football related. Full time. Whistle. 
Referee. Oh. Red card. Fourth official. Oh, he's sitting up. He's sitting up. What's the fourth thing you've got to do with the red card? I want to because... hit him with the hallet. I want to hit him with the hallet, Chris. Let me yeah, hit him. No. It's a bit hard for you. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm talking to uh, Artie here. What is, there's a question. What has the fourth official got to do with the red card? Because it would be the main official. It's all part of the same part. Presents... No, that's, that's tenuous and that's weak. Sorry. Okay. Not, not, to, uh, not, to, not to throw fuel on the fire here, Chris, but I think Mark's got a point. Oh, we'll we'll keep we'll keep you in the game because it was tenuous. Okay, another word, another random word. Yeah, I'll start with you, Archie. Beaver. Yeah. <laughs> Cub. Mark. Chicago. Uh, pizza. Wembley. I think I might give you that. Oh, I, think, I think that might have just won it. I think you just because that redeemed is, from yeah villain to hero. Pizza Wembley. That is that does feel very hard. So you win. Mm. Oh, at least come up another word. Right. <laughs> Mark, you ready? Mm. Balls. Ed. Shoulders. Knees. Oh. <laughs> I wouldn't let uh, Tom get away with that, but never mind. Where are we? Knees? Yeah, knees. It's been ages. Knees. Knees up. What? Down. What? Knees up. Sit up. But you're just repeating yeah. the word. That's what I got done on. You didn't knees know up. Yet. What was it? Knees, knees up. Down. Down. Mm, I think you need to hit yourself in the face. Yeah, yeah that's atrocious. Both answers. Archie, you probably don't know what a knees up is. Or the exercise. No, good old knees no. up. Right, we haven't got time for this. Chris, back to you. Right, last one. Headphones. Tom. You aim, um, microphone. Bluetooth. <laughs> we both require Bluetooth. Jog on. Mark. Connection. Connection. Uh, wireless. Dial up. <laughs> Modem. Modem. <laughs> Do that. Come on. Oh, oh, I'm going to get back to Umbrella Vi with that. Come on. <laughs> Just say random words. It's amazing what comes up. Must be something related to a modem. No, no. I, I, I've told everybody wants. Yeah, everybody wants the hallet to the face. Right. So is it just Mark and I left, or? Right. Oh, yeah, just the two of you. Ben. Trash. Talk. Journalist. Chris Harrington. Plymouth Live. Oh, I kind of want to give. I want to give. I want to give Mark that, Chris, for Harrington. Yes, I think we do win that for Harrington. This is for Arch. Yeah. <laughs> Does Mark Genius. win? Does Mark win? Is that is that Mark, how you win, Hallett's Hallett? I think Mark has won the first and obviously final. 
of its talent. That's one way of making sure he never comes back. <laughs> uh, should we finish off with some predictions before we go? Mark? Yeah, we're going to win 3-1 with a goal from Mustafa Bundu and Bali Mumba, also on the score sheet, and Morgan Whitaker, 3-1. And we were, we're going to step it up right from the front, not going to fall behind. We're going to be comfortable all night. Let's go. Wow. That's an in-depth prediction. No pressure, Chris Allen. Nil-nil, uh, just to avoid annoy everyone that hates the new style that we aren't even playing. <laughs> Tom? I'll go go 3-1 as well. Uh, I'm going to put Alfie Devine on the score sheet. Um, and two for Morgan. Get him back at the top of the charts. Uh, in, the of fan, in the interest of fairness, I'll contribute. I am going to say a 1-1 one, one draw. That's the spirit. Hmm. Ail our way. Ail our way to safety. We're boring for ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. exactly exactly all right cheers guys tom mark yep. momentarily chris allen thank you ever so much for that quiz what a follow-up to uh simon hallett podcast yeah, release monday, release monday evening all right thank you thank you for listening and we'll be back with you very soon